Welcome to Go Home Heat, a sports entertainment smackdown episode podcast. Flying solo today, Justin can't be here. We are going to discuss the events of the Shakespearean tales, which are the head of the table, Jimmy J. Uso, and the trials and tribulations which befall the bloodline. We will go about discussing this episode today by talking about the main threads, not necessarily in order of how it happens on the show, but the main threads that occurred in this show. Money in the bank ladder match is one theme, how you get in, who you will, uh, who you wrestle to get in, or if you are appointed in, and the heavyweight title, which is all kind of the same thing, both, not the heavyweight title, the universal title Roman Reigns holds he will have a universal address at the end of the show to let us know the state of the universe the WWE universe and his own title we're going to talk about the bloodline and everything that it entailed today on this episode at the end so we'll start with the men's side of the money in the bank ladder match which will be we will have Big E versus Apollo to see whom gets into this match. They have a banger of a little match. And Aziz, Commander Aziz, as we know, Apollo's henchman, helps him manage to not get pinned once. And as they, Big E and Apollo wind up outside of the ring, fighting back and forth, we have Aziz coming in and trying to hold Big E back, which of course the referee winds up seeing, ejecting Aziz. Big E hits his big ending. Boom. One, two, three. It's over. Big E, who has been frustrated with Apollo, is now free to move about the plane and get away from the mid-card champion and move into the realm of the heavyweight champion and onto the island of Re- relevancy. <clears throat> He is joining John Morrison, Ricochet, Riddle in the Money in the Bank ladder match. There will be other people put into this match. Next week, your qualifying match will be, and we had a segment to set this up, where Sami Zayn walks up to Kayla, quite smitten with himself, incredibly happy with the fact that he has, of course, finally rid himself of Kevin Owens in that incredible rivalry they have had going back to El Generico and Kevin Steen. Kayla regretfully informs him, regretfully informs him that he will actually be facing Kevin Owens next week. So that all of the joy, as, as we know, these conspiracies continue to grow on Sammy. Even though he rids himself of Owens, they immediately put him back into another match with Owens. And this time it will be a last man standing match, a qualifier for the Money in the Bank ladder match. Uh... Sammy and Kevin have been wrestling each other a lot lately. It really doesn't matter. We're trying to get into this Money in the Bank qualifying match, and these guys will kill it in a last man standing match. I get people get frustrated with WWE for a lot of stuff, but watching Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens wrestle each other is a pleasure, and they will tell quite the story in this last man standing qualifying match. Moving on to the women's division. We have Sonya Deville walk out to the ring and tell us all that Carmella 
is the most qualified person to be in the match because she has the best credentials. She comes down and Carmelo promptly lets us know that she's the most beautiful woman in all of WWE, which is her thing now, all the time. And it's irritating, and it's supposed to be, and it works because it's supposed to be irritating, therefore it is. Okay, moving on. Liv Morgan comes down. Hey, I beat her last week. How come she gets to get in? That's the thing in the past. Blah, blah, blah. Obligatory slap to the face after Carmella says something right back. Something to the effect of, I'm a star. You're not. Look at you. This is all fine. I mean, it just sets up a match. You kind of maybe could have assumed there was going to be a wrestling match since both were wearing wrestling gear when they walked to the ring. In theory, if Carmella wasn't going to be wrestling in a wrestling match, going to the ring in, in her wrestling gear would not make sense but hey who might a nitpick whatever they have a match it's a good match Liv winds up turning a Conrada ish type move into she rolls through it winds up getting the pin in the most dangerous move in all of pro wrestling oh not pro wrestling the most dangerous move in all of sports entertainment is the roll up if you watch Raw and SmackDown, you know that there will be at least two, two on Raw, maybe even three or four matches ending in roll-ups. <clears throat> Shayna Baszler is a killer on Monday Night Raw. She gets rolled up on every week. So, that's how that went. I don't mind it. Carmella and Liv deserve to be in the match. Carmella's won the thing twice. She would be wonderful walking around with the with the briefcase in her hand, killing it with with the obnoxious promos. Liv would be a breath of fresh air, both in the match and if she were to win it. I think it's a great idea. They're joining the winners of Alex, the Alexa Bliss Nikki Cross match with Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax. This is a wild crew we now have, personality-wise. We have somebody who is either possessed or able to possess other people in Alexa. We have a newly anointed, uh, someone who has anointed themselves a superhero without superpowers, whereas Bliss actually has some form of mind control powers. Cross is now Butterfly Woman, which she seems to want to be, and I loved the way she wrestled the other night, so that's fine. Liv is a good wrestler. Carmella's a good wrestler. Ladders. I can't wait to see who else they put in this thing. It should be a fun Money in the Bank ladder match. Moving on to the championship picture. Seth, freaking Rollins, Bailey, Bianca, Cesaro scheduled to have an intergender match. That was the first match of the show after a promo, which we'll get to about Roman later starts Bianca comes out she gives a fantastic little baby face promo um, she is coming off very genuine in these things it, when you're when you're being this baby face this we'll take on all the bullies together I'm showing you the way to do what do the right thing and overcome those who have wronged you it it can be very hard to come across as genuine when you're selling that 
she manages to do it. She does it very well. She's entertaining. She's fun. She smiles. She's, I love her. I love her. I didn't think she could carry promos like she has. I'm worried about this going on for months, but she does have a little bit of an edge to some of these statements, which can uh, probably carry the day and keep this from getting too stale. So, of course, at the end of this run, we think, of course, it makes the very most sense that Bailey will come out, and she does not. We hear Seth's music, burn it down. He comes out cackling like a hyena. He congratulates her on eking out a victory over Bailey, who had beaten her up, and congratulated himself over pummeling Cesaro from through the whole match that they had and pinning Cesaro right in the middle of the ring, one, two, three, after proving he is a dominant force. Seth totally got both of these things backwards. Bianca overcame all kind of odds, but won in a brutal fight with Bailey, and Seth got his butt whooped the whole time and managed to pull it out with a roll-up. But hey, to the victor goes, uh, history is told by the victors, right? And so Seth can make it up. Seth decides he wants a high five there, and Bianca's not wanting to give it. He says, well, you probably ought to give me a high five because Bailey's about to come out here and whoop you, and then you're not going to be able to give me a high five because you're going to be out cold in the middle of the ring. Bailey's music hits. She rolls down, of course, fisticuffs, and then, of course, Cesaro comes down. We clear the ring of both Seth and Bianca, and Bailey begins to yell at Cesaro. Commercial time. We come back. We have our match. The match is great. All these people are incredible workers. Um, the key thing I think we were trying to do here is showcase Bel Air and give us an excuse to put Bailey in a match with. Here's what I think they're trying to do Bailey's going to lose another match at Money in the Bank to Bianca because her main competitors are either not going to be at the pay-per-view. The, whoever she faces at SummerSlam is either going to be in the Money in the Bank match or is it going to be at the pay-per-view at all, right? I mean, the most logical thing, logical, the most dreamy thing for all of this is the rumors swirling that Becky Lynch is mounting a com- getting ready to perform. She has been around wrestling during... There are times that they go to Orlando and Tampa. I'm sure she's wrestling at the wrestling school and, and working out with Seth back home. So, perfect world. She shows up on a Friday night, the first time you have a live audience, which is next week. And that is where we wind up going into SummerSlam. Or we wait a week, right? Till after Money in the Bank. Or wait two, whatever it is. Till after Money in the Bank. Or she shows up after the Money in the Bank match. That makes, that's a huge match. Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch, huge match. SummerSlam match. How do we get there? Mm, We don't really have a challenger for right now, so this is the problem you have when you have a pay-per-view penciled in two months before SummerSlam and then another one in between SummerSlam and Hell in a Cell because what should have ended a rivalry doesn't end a rivalry. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Hell in a Cell needs to be either the kind of pay-per-view in which you can put it in any month you want, 
Or maybe you should do away with it and just do those matches every now and then. Because you have to force your way into these things. Right? Okay. So we have this match. It's really good. Bailey gets the pin because Cesaro's whooping up on Seth. And as Seth retreats, he's outside of the ring, whooping up on Seth. As Seth retreats, Belair has Bailey dead to rights in the torture rack style position, which is about to turn into the kiss of death, the KOD. And Seth accidentally bumps into her as he's running away terrified. <laughs> Causing Bailey to get out the back door, which causes Bailey to hit a running knee and then her finish. Boom, one, two, three. She goes over. Now she can challenge for the thing. And Seth can run away having two victories here. One of which was a complete accident on his part, and the other one was pretty lucky too. Gives him an excuse to march into, which he does post match. Marches into Sonya Deville and Adam Pierce's locker room. Says, hey, or office says hey nobody here has got the accolades I have nobody here deserves a shot at Roman like I do I'm prepared for this in a way that I've never been prepared before it was good it made sense when you heard him say it if you are a wrestling fan you thought there's no way they're doing Seth Rollins Roman Reigns with zilch buildup at a Money in the Bank ladder match. It just don't make sense. Right? Okay, we're going to find out it's baloney. Seth ain't wrestling Roman right now. Okay, so that's going to come later. We have Boogs somewhere in here during this thing. We have a Shinsuke getting crowned as the real king of WWE. It's probably the best ceremony I've ever seen in wrestling. <laughs> Boogs is a fool. He screams, hollers. The king, the real king of WWE plays the guitar like a ring and a bell, Chuck Berry said. Shinsuke comes down like the front man to the rock band. He is. Boogs puts the crown on his head <laughs> and they just continue as McAfee is acting McAfee was great whole episode McAfee's pouring water on his face like he's stone cold Steve Austin standing on although I think he had a sore throat or something today he was losing his voice throughout the episode didn't bother me though I don't care give me the emotion I love scruffy voice I don't care give me the emotion Pat and he does do that they cut to Corbin. Corbin's got tears in his eyes, which is what all you people out there in the world wanted. You wanted Baron Corbin to be heartbroken, and here he is, bearing his soul to you, saying he doesn't know if it's even worth it anymore as he, as he scurries off into the sadness, which is great. Now let's get to the main thing that happened on this thing, because if Roman reigns his world, it is the island of relevance, and that is what SmackDown is about. So... Shoot out the. We start out the episode. Roman wants to know where. Well, first they show highlights. Then Roman wants to know where Jay is. Jimmy says, "I had seen. Uh, he's not coming. I haven't been able to find him. He's not coming. I did talk to him. He said he ain't coming. I'm here for you though. I ain't nobody's b word, but I'm here for you. Okay, so Roman says, 
do you think you can do what Jay does? Jimmy kind of stutters a little bit. Then he's, then Roman reiterates, you need to be able to do what Jay does. Prove to me that you can do what Jay does. Jimmy goes off to try to figure out how to do that. After a couple of things, about 30 minutes into the episode, Paul comes over, explains the way that this is Paul's role. This is who Paul is. He rolls over there. He explains to Jimmy what Jimmy needs to know because Jimmy wants to know how to please the king. And of course, the right, the real right-hand man of the king is Paul, even though Jay is the right-hand man as far as enforcement goes. Paul says, hey, if there's one thing your cousin, our tribal chief, Roman Reigns, knows about, it's winning. So you need to win tonight. If I go set you this match up, you have to win. Jimmy's hype. Hype. Nobody gets hyped like Jimmy Uso gets hyped. Jimmy's hyped now because now all he's got to do is win. Then Paul reiterates, you better win. Jimmy looks a little worried. He's still hyped because that's what he does. Cut to him telling Caleb before the match, hey, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to kill it. I'm going to knock it out of the park. He does go down there and he does exactly what Jey Uso does. He has a great match with Dolph Ziggler. He takes some horrible bumps. There's a zigzag bump where he hits his like liver kidney area. <laughs> against the steps Ugh. just oh I don't even know how he got up from that then he winds up taking another zigzag he does it in turn turn around pull it out Dolph is of course a great wrestler Robert Roode's out there to help uh, Jimmy overcomes that too he shows the fight and determination that the Usos were famous for as tag teams that Jay wound up being that the same style of motivation that makes Jay main event Uso Jimmy does all of that. He gets the W, one, two, three, although a lot of people get Ws over Dolph, so I don't know if it's exactly main event Uso after this, but it's close. It's more like main event the show on WWE Network Uso, not like main event Fox. <laughs> if that makes sense to y'all. <laughs> anyway, he rolls backstage and he's like, hey, man. Be happy with me. Oh, boss man. Oh, head of the table. Oh, leader of my family. Roman kind of acknowledges him a little bit. Begins to walk out. Jimmy's like, hey, let's go do this. He thinks he's got his spot. <laughs> Paul tells him to hang back. You know, uh, Roman's going to do this on his own. You ain't that main of an event, Uso. So Roman hits the ring. Um, he looks over the landscape of the land that he has conquered. He is pleased with himself. As well he should be. And Paul tells you why he should be. As Paul goes through the list of men that Roman has embarrassed, belittled, and beaten. The fiend. Strowman, Edge, Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens. And he overplays his hand a little bit on some of it, but whatever. They're feeling good. Why not? 
And then Roman grabs the mic and he waits for the boos and the hisses. By the way, it's going to be incredibly interesting next week when Roman hits the ring and there's, you know, 10,000 people there or however many they managed to sell for this Friday Night SmackDown episode. And because they've been pumping in booze, and it is so weird to hear booze being pumped in on Roman and, <laughs> and to look at the little uh, computer screen pictures all around the arena and all of them are wearing acknowledge me t-shirts or head of the table t- <laughs> like everybody's wearing a roman shirt but they're all supposed to be booing roman right come on it is going to be interesting to do because another thing is roman does a lot of whispering in his promos if the crowd's making noise if they're cheering booing whatever it will be hard i like the next move for the crowd for next week because before roman can get a word out we get the wonderful voice of Miles Kennedy. Well, first, we get the voice of Edge. You think you know me. Boom. And then we get the wonderful voice of Miles Kennedy. On this day, Edge comes out looking like he came out of a log cabin. I think he had been skinning bears the entire time he was gone in the wilderness of, of Canada somewhere. And just storms down there and whoops Roman from pillar to post. Puts Roman's head on the on a chair. He goes for the concerto. He's crazed. He does look like he might have even picked up a little, might have even bench pressed a couple grizzly bears while he was up there. Because he looks like his chest might be a little thicker. Which is a little odd for a guy his age to be getting bigger. But he looked big, strong, and mean when he walked down there. Got full beard going, looking crazy-eyed. Edge does crazy-eyed, good as anybody. Jimmy comes down for the save. Jimmy winds up hitting the steps again for the second time tonight with an ugly bump on the steps. And then Edge spears him through the barricade. And at the end of the episode, we have Edge standing tall, looking crazy, screaming, if you want me, Roman, Come get me. So here's what's interesting. You go in live crowd. You bring back Edge. Probably going to sell you some tickets. But are we really going to stick Edge and Roman in Money in the Bank when SummerSlam's coming up? That doesn't make any sense. Unless Roman's going to unless we're setting up something else for Roman at SummerSlam because Edge feels like a SummerSlam match for Roman. So one of two things can happen here. Edge could take the belt off of Roman. Do you see that happening? Could happen. Then you get the rematch at SummerSlam. Sounds good. Walk finish could get you the rematch at SummerSlam. If rumors are true and they are trying to make this a big deal and John Cena is coming back, it makes a lot of sense for Cena to face Roman at SummerSlam. Also, early in the week, the rumors were Seth Rollins, Edge, SummerSlam. If you remember, if you've been watching wrestling for a long time, there was a bit of a thing between Seth and Roman back when Seth was the architect and had not sold out yet bought in he had put a defenseless edge in some really bad spots 
threatening to break his neck, never do whatever again. So it makes sense in this way. Seth comes out, says, hey, I want a piece of Roman. Doesn't make any sense that you would waste Seth, Roman, S.H.I.E.L.D. members first time around in this scenario where they're both kind of hot in their roles and Roman's the hottest thing in wrestling right now at Money in the Bank. Ex-Shield members. I mean, they've done it before, but nothing's been this hot. Roman's never been a heel with it. Seth's still a heel. I, it didn't make sense. Edge comes out. It still doesn't make a lot of sense to do money in the bank unless you're going someplace else with Roman anyway. And you still have this big thing going on next week because you need people to care about Friday Night Smackdown and buy tickets. So you bring Edge back and you put Edge in a program with Roman. But Seth is pissed. And so Seth winds up costing Roman somehow at Money in the Bank, right? Kind of makes sense. That puts Roman into a program with Cena, puts Seth into a program with Edge. That's my guess as to where this whole thing is going. I like it all. I I think Roman and I think Roman Edge one on one Money in the Bank. It'll be fantastic. Roman Edge at SummerSlam would be fantastic. But that's my guess on where we're going here, and I like it. The undercurrent is always where's Jay? What's Jay up to? When Jay comes back, does he wind up? Um putting a wrench in the old program here. Another thing is you have a draft coming up soon. Does Jay wind up? Jay has been an established star now. Would they feel comfortable moving him to the other show? I hope not. I hope at some point we get all these guys on the same page and the bloodline just runs roughshod over people for a little while. However, Jay is fully capable of handling main event matches, as we well know, by himself. And we found out tonight, Jimmy probably can too. So this was a great episode. It was fun. I hope you enjoyed the talk about. Check out the big things going on at theginproject.com. Also, this has been a Go Home Heat production. A Go Home Heat production. Me, KP, flying solo tonight without my man, Justin. Hopefully he'll be back next week. Copyright 2021. Go home.